What is happening everyone? It's Kyle from Magpie247 and uh, it's a bit of a different one this week. Obviously it's the season preview but I'm on my own. <laughs> I'm not with Paul. Uh, Paul's had a had a, had a bit of a domestic. He's okay, everyone's okay, everyone's in good health but uh, he's had a bit of a, a work problem I think. Um, he was telling us he's, he's deeply apologised for not being involved. However, the way we're going to do it is he's going to do the West Ham preview tomorrow and I'm going to do the season preview tonight. Um, that'll be on Facebook, that'll be on Twitter, that'll be on uh, all the platforms as well as Spotify. It'll be a podcast as well, put into a podcast phase. But um, I'm looking at the at the season preview tonight and how Newcastle will do as we'll play West Ham tomorrow night at uh, 8 o'clock kickoff, which has finally been put on telly. Thank God for that. But... Um, for me, I don't know if you agree with us or not, let us know by the messaging where or commenting in on Spotify or Facebook or whatever it may be. But um, we haven't really had time off, have we, as fans? We're, we've still been emotionally invested in the club over the summer with this takeover malarkey. And um, I, it's not that I feel burnt out from it. It's just like I'm I'm exhausted of the bullshit that's going on um, with like with the takeover and like obviously it's going back and forth and the Premier League are still being a bunch of wankers and it's it's just frustrating because this has been going on since during lockdown and obviously lockdown was as stressful as a time it could as as it could possibly get not just on a football level but on more important things such as such as danger to health and and obviously I I I wasn't affected by it personally but many. Many people may be listening to this or many people that I know personally have been affected from COVID-19 and stuff. So it's, it's it's been a difficult time for not just like Newcastle fans or whatever it may be, but for the entire world as well. You know, so obviously with the Newcastle takeover on top of all that and with how re- how religious Newcastle is to a lot of a lot of with me included, it can stress you out when it's not going particularly well. But it's always a roller coaster supporting this football club and I don't think there would be many people that would have it any other way to be honest. But uh, I seen on Twitter earlier today actually that um there was a there was a fan from Saudi Arabia who was who took an interest in the club through the links of their uh, PIF, and uh, it was like it's a bit of a roller coaster supporting supporting Newcastle United. They've only supported them for a couple of months, in which he got responded to with, um, that's the norm, mate. It's the roller coaster. Try supporting them for decades and 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 years years more, like we have. But um, <laughs> this club is like no other. I'll uh, I'll say that for for nothing. And I'm sure Paul, who will be listening to this, and he's in his van, bless him, um, will probably agree with me on that one. But um, yeah, we haven't had any time off, and it's been it's it's been a long, exhausting experience. But I think what we will agree on is it'll it's just nice to see. It'll just be nice to see the lads back on the field again. I know it's frustrating because in normal times. You would probably be looking forward to travelling down, looking forward to getting in the car, getting on the away day, back on the road. Um, obviously, that isn't a, isn't a thing with COVID nineteen. Uh, it's still behind closed doors, with it being on the telly, of course. With maybe sections of supporters getting in in October, we don't know where that is at the minute, but um, hopefully, we do get fans back into stadiums and start getting a normality about things because. 2020 has been the shittest year. It really has, um, on on all fronts. 
that probably the only good thing that's happened in my years I passed my second year of uni to be honest other than that it's just been shit 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 but um, <laughs> going into the season it's last season and on previous podcasts I've um, I've said I haven't dreaded a season more than this one because we hadn't improved the team very much you know um, we weren't looking good and friendly the feeling uh, of the fan base is very much down because the way I say the Premier League sold up the river and the and the Premier League kind of kind of basically have said well you're not getting this deal um, you can settle with Mike Ashley and then we'll have to get fed the same shit every year of, of stupid pundits who think they know everything and they don't where they say oh Mike Ashley's a shrewd businessman or oh, Steve Bruce is doing a fantastic job we don't want to just be mediocrity we don't want to just be a, a, a place filler for the, Premier, for, for the Premier League's 20 teams or 6 it depends who you ask but uh, like that was a real chance for Newcastle and its fan base and the city. If anything, it was massive investment coming into the city, massive investment going into the club. Everything, you know, it was a it was a massive opportunity for Newcastle that, and the Premier League kind of sold were down the river and they're continuing to sell were down the river, which is why I'll probably never ever forgive Richard Masters. I'll probably never ever forgive Gary Hoffman or the likes of Richard Keys or anything like that who have been allegedly not involved but they clearly have um, best mates uh, from Gillingham and all this shit but um, I like I say it's, it's been a long couple of months and I haven't dreaded a season more with the current feeling around the club however to much as my, my surprise as everybody else as Newcastle made three really good signings um, in Callum Wilson, Jamal Lewis and Ryan Fraser and this is, is given me a lease of hope looking forward to the season because if Bruce plays a 4-2-3-1 and he finds the right kind of attacking system for these four players of Almiron, Maximin, uh, Fraser and Wilson up front, I can see it being really exciting because not many teams will want to get caught by that on the counter-attack, especially with the direct attack of Wilson, uh, Wilson and Fraser, the bond that they have together, um, a Premier League partnership uh, has only been battered with with um, Sheeran Sutton at Blackburn. It just shows you how good they are. So for a, a team like us to pick them up for twenty million is is whether a takeover had happened or not, it would have been a brilliant bit of business by Newcastle. And it's not often Newcastle makes sense when they make signings. They usually try and go for a, a like a foreign player in a foreign league where it would be a fairly cheaper option to go and get them, which is which is fine. It's worked in the past. You know, we've picked up like some Martin Dubravka in the past from from foreign leagues uh, on the cheap. Fabian Share, Johan Kabai, uh, you know, players like that in the past where we've looked at it and been like, you know what, really good signings because uh, they've, they've left their mark on the club in some way or another. But Newcastle needed a bit of stability, I think. Uh, the project restart although we had two good games against uh, Sheffield United and Bournemouth where we won convincingly there was a lot of like unconvincing performances obviously Villa West Ham who will play the Mora and Paul's going to be covering that Um, Liverpool didn't look too good Man City were just surrendered you know so like there's for for to bring bring in stability in players that are capable of hitting the ground running because I have Premier League experience to get how the league works. You know, it's a it's a brilliant bit of business by Newcastle and it's give us a it's give us a lot more hope going into the season. However, for me, 
the hope is on is on basically on them, not just on them players, but the players that have resigned as well. I mean, earlier today, or early yes yesterday, or whenever you're listening to this, um, would sign the con- long term contracts of Isaac Hayden and Carl Darlow, which is some fantastic news. Um, for Isaac Hayden to be tied down to a six year contract, I just want to shout him out actually because, you know, um, January of last year. It was it was a difficult time for Isaac Hayden. Actually, no, I think it was Cardiff 2018, 2019 season, and he got sent off. I went all the way down to Cardiff, and uh, it was it, it was horrible. You know, I, I, I I'm not a fan of travelling. We stayed the night over. It wasn't the best night. We're in a travel lodge up above a nightclub where the music was still blasting at five in the morning, <laughs> and the kickoff was at twelve. I was had a headache, migraine, wanted to go home, and all the above, but. Uh, travel all the way down there for a nil-nil draw, Kennedy to miss a penalty, and Isaac Hayden to get sent off after two minutes of him coming on. Um, so wasn't too happy with Isaac Hayden back then. Um, he was in and out of the team. I think he, I think he was third or fourth choice under Rafa that season, and then he handed in a transfer request, and fans were like, "Well, he spat, spat his dummy out. He'd be out the door." And um, in January, we played Blackburn at home and drew 1-1, and it went to a replay. Obviously, won the won the replay at Ewood Park 4-2 in extra time through Perez. But um, yeah, we get the that game happens, and I and I actually said um, on on Newcastle fans TV when I was on the channel, um, I hope that was the last time I seen um, Isaac Hayden playing a Newcastle shirt. Now that's probably one of the few things I said on that channel that aged awful <laughs> usually i'm not going to toot my own home but i usually play it safe and i like try and go more on fact rather than my own my own opinion but like yeah i, I thought it would be his last game for the team he's linked with several teams he wanted to move back down london but i think i think that game was a was a wake-up call for him i think because he did the interview with uh, the Guardian or the Independent about his about his family life and his personal life at the at the time, and obviously he just had a baby girl. He was he was moving up. He's he, he who were located in London. He was moving up, and they were moving up and down to go like up and down the country for like for for Isaac's career, and um, yeah, he, he explained like she's she's only a little girl. All this travelling that it's, it seems unnecessary and. To be fair, on a on a personal level, I can I can really understand that because I hate travelling myself, as I've just explained with the card of stuff. So I could I like I couldn't imagine being in that type of situation. Um, but it seemed as as the as the games went on, uh, since he got that interview off his chest and stuff, he started putting in some really good performances for Newcastle, and it was I think he had the feeling among fans of um. He's yeah he's still going he's still leaving but he played really well, uh towards the the end of the season and everybody thought he would leave, but to everybody's surprise when Steve Bruce and that came in he stayed and he had a really really good season under Steve Bruce I think he was one of our best players last season to be honest it was a shame he picked up a couple of knocks here and there but as a defensive midfielder I think he's the best we've had since uh, the the late Czech Teodi I think Teodi was a phenomenal. Um, defensive midfield and I think Hayden has the potential to get to that level that TOA did when he was uh, alongside Kabayu in the season we finished fifth. I do really think that highly of Isaac. I think he's a 
think he's a brilliant player and I'm happy more so than he's staying at Newcastle that he's got his family um, situation sorted out because obviously things are more important and, and like as a family man myself I do obviously you put family above football do you know what I mean so I'm happy he sorted that out to then sign a long term contract with Newcastle so he can be happy on and off the field but a lot of us does think it had a bit to do with Rafa that you know because he I don't think he liked the way Rafa played I think Steve Bruce's man management he's, he's very popular in the dressing room is Bruce um, and the likes of Isaac Hayden, John Joe Shelby, Manquillo, you know, they've all blossomed from from his management style. And uh, I think Hayden will continue to get better under the style of Steve Bruce. And I think in the 4-2-3-1 system, alongside Shelby, who's played alongside for, for three years now, with the attack that's going to be in front of him, I think Isaac Hayden is on the cusp of a brilliant season. And I think he can even challenge for the England spot. Now, if you're not, not a Newcastle fan, you let's listen to this, you probably think, oh, typical deluded Geordie and all this. But, not being funny, right? If Calvin Phillips, who hasn't played a single game of Premier League football, had a decent season in the Championship, can get called up for England for Leeds, then Isaac Hayden should be getting at least considered. Do you know what I mean? Because Isaac Hayden has been fairly consistent over the last um, one and a half seasons for Newcastle. And I've seen the likes of Eric Dyer get in. I've seen the likes of Jesse Lingard make the make the teams in the last couple of seasons. Um, some very average players who haven't like played very well for the clubs, but they're still getting called up. So like for me, Isaac Hayden, I know he's not the not the glamour name or he, he doesn't get on the back of every paper every week but he gets the job done and that's what you need in England's midfield you need a bit of grit you need a bit of determination so maybe in games instead of drawing nil-nil and bone, half, bone the nation half to death have a bit of grit you know in that midfield maybe a tackle change the change the like the, the tempo of the game one of his tackles because he, he as we all know as fans he's got one hell of a tackle on him and he's not scared to put his foot in and, and win the ball you know, he's going to get that ball off you whether you like it or not. I mean, some of the tackles last season he made were, were absolutely phenomenal. But um, I'm really happy Isaac Hayden signed a contract. And I think that goes into um, the likes of the, the signings that we've made as well. Obviously, we're tied Matty down to a contract. Andy Carroll, Manquillo, Federico Fernandez signed an um, extension on his deal. And uh, obviously, to, to go in with the free signings as well, our Shelby and Richie signed contracts recently too. So it's like it shows a happy camp, it shows a, a camp that's willing to, to move forward and, and try and make something of this season. But like up and down the field, we've, I think we've got a fairly solid team. Uh, just a couple of positions I would like to have seen filled a bit more. Obviously, I've, I've spoken like the right back situation. Um, Centre backs, I think, I think we made a mistake in letting. Uh, Lejeune go too early because if we pick up an injury tomorrow um, we'll go into the next game with one fit centre-back like we did against Liverpool which isn't very good um, left-back I'm fairly happy with the signing of Jamal Lewis really good signing um, a raw talent I've seen a bit of him play now um, I didn't know much about him last week but I've done my research on like uh, who scored and watched a few clips on YouTube and that you know the Joe Kenny act uh, type of scouting um, but yeah, he, he looks he looks a good player. He looks a very solid player, you know. But yeah, it's it, it's a player for the next five or six years, and yeah, he's a phenomenal player, and hopefully he can prove that in a black and white shirt as well. In the midfield, I know we've had had a bid rejected for Samari from Lille uh, as recently as two days ago, but 
Um, I think we're okay in midfield. To be honest, I've spoke at length about how much I like Hayden. John Joe had a good season under under Steve Bruce last season as well. Uh, Jeff Hendrick can play in centre midfield as well as the right of midfield as well. So I think that's a that's a good good purchase by Newcastle. A good grafter in the midfield who wasn't afraid of a tackle either. So yeah, Jeff Hendrick's a good signing. You look at uh, the two Longstaff brothers. Obviously, Matty's been given the number four. Mind, big shoes to fill. Um, Johan Kabai, uh, Nobby Solano, David Batty have passed, have, have worn that shirt. So I hope Matty can uh, have a good season. Uh, NA29 lad. Uh, Sean as well. I think he'll be pushed forward as uh, the backup to Miggy as uh, the number 10, potentially. Uh, but it's good that you can play both because it obviously offers a bit of utility. But... Um, yeah, I think the midfield were were fairly strong, uh, and even as a back back backup, you've got Omri Saive who I probably wouldn't let anywhere near the first team to be honest. I'd be getting him out of the door, but on the wings, I think I think we're okay. I think Jacob Murphy is a is a solid backup to have. Uh, Ryan Fraser, Alan St Maximin, you know, it's a it's a fairly solid. Um, a solid first team to have, and then you've got Matt Ritchie as well, who's who's obviously the constant professional and always grafts. So there's a there's a good option there, and even even if you pick up a couple of injuries, you've got you've got Atsu. I mean, <laughs> that's not a like uh, it's not something to brag about, but obviously Atsu can come on, he can do a job if he needs to. I suppose I, I mean, you can tell I'm on my own, can't you? Because obviously, if I was saying this around Paul, he probably jumped down my throat. <laughs> but um, I'll I'll continue. And up front, we've got um, we've obviously got four centre forwards going into the season. Mutu, I'm not sure what's happening with Mutu. I know Bruce spoke about in his press conference earlier on that he's going to try and move Mutu on because he needs first team football. Simple as that, really. It's a shame he never really got the chance at Newcastle. But um, yeah. I wouldn't be playing him in any way. Uh, you've got Joe Linton. Big season for him, I think. Um, after what was a poor season last season, he's been taken out of the limelight. The the light isn't beaming on him now. It's it's beaming on Wilson uh, to try and get with goals. So hopefully Joe can come in and improve himself. And without the pressure of everybody, you know, he can obviously try and build himself as a player and um, kick on. But... I think it's a bit of a bit of a joke they've kept the number nine shirt on in mind because for me he's not a not a centre forward. Even Bruce has said he's someone that can play on the left, the right, and in the centre as well, and even behind the striker. So I, I I don't understand why you wouldn't get like give him a different number and give Wilson the number nine because he he definitely wanted it. And Wilson comes in eight goals last season and he said that was a disappointment. <laughs> Our goal scorer. Our top goal scorer up top was Gale, and that and he only started scoring goals after the restart. Do you know what I mean? He's out till Christmas. Obviously, you've got Andy Carroll who scored a couple of goals in pre-season as well, um, and obviously a nice option off the bench to have. But obviously, a main man is going to be um, Callum Wilson. So the question I would probably ask of you, and the question I'm going to try and answer as best I can now, is how well can this Newcastle team do? Because as a first team, I think it's as strong as the first team we've had since we returned to the Premier League. Um, um that when when we're under Rafa, um, that front four is capable of petrifying any team in the league, um, especially on the counter attacks with the how direct Fraser and Maximin are, and then you've got Miggy who can pickpocket space in the middle, and then you've got Wilson, a deadly striker who knows his way around around the uh, the eighteen yard box. 
and is capable of scoring goals at a high level. So for me, it's a, it's a terrifying front four. And to be honest, um, I think, as me and Paul spoke about on the last podcast, I think we've got a good enough team to stay in the division uh, while all the background noise of the takeover and that hopefully we'll get a, a solid conclusion that gives them a window of like 10, 11 months before the season ends again to really, you know, get get something sorted, whether it be go to court or the arbitration of sport or the high court or whatever it may be, you know, it gives them a it gives them a solid window to try and get rid of the club and that day. it gives Ashley a window of eleven months to get rid of the club and try and get PIF owning the club in that time. But um you know it's a it's a solid team and I think it can really kick on. It's just if we pick up a couple of injuries is my issue because if Steve Bruce picks up like if Steve Bruce does what he did last season and manages the squad like an idiot uh, and plays the same people three times in a week and then they pick up injuries you know we're gonna we're gonna have a, a flat squad with uh, 10 or 12 injuries by Christmas so he's got to learn to rotate the squad especially with the couple of one cup no not the couple of one cup games Christ I'm four years out of date with that one uh, the Carabao Cup games um when we we'll, when we we'll play Blackburn, hopefully we'll get past them, and then it's, I think it's either Morecambe or Oldham in the next round. So if we we'll get past Blackburn, so potentially two midweek games there. So he needs to manage the squad properly because if he doesn't, obviously we've seen the depth for this Newcastle team, especially at um, at centre back. Uh, in midfield potentially as well. I think midfield okay, but up front is where it concerns me the most. Um, because if Wilson picks up an injury, we're in the same boat as last season where we're relying on Joel and, and Carroll, you know, to get with goals, and it's like, yeah, it's not going to work out, is it? So for me, yeah, and you, uh, I would like to see Newcastle get a loan striker in before the end of the window just to, to have a safety cushion, but like. Yeah, Bruce has got to manage that squad well this season. I think, and I hope, I hope he's learnt these lessons from last season. Because if he hasn't, if a couple of injuries come in from optimism, will turn into fear uh, of other teams. You know, we've got a a fair crack of the whip in terms of the season start. We usually get a, a hard, uh, like a really hard team first, like top six. But we've been given West Ham away. It's still a tough game. I'll let Paul go into that one a bit more in depth in in his podcast tomorrow, um. But or today or whenever you're listening to this. But um, you know, um, for me, there's a there's a real chance to hit the ground run with a good start. I would like to hit the ground run with a good start, but obviously it's Newcastle. We haven't won an opening day game since. Uh, Ooh, since um, I think I think we'll be Tottenham two one. Um, I think it was Bale's last season, twenty thirteen, when uh, Barr took the ball on the bounce and curled it around the goalkeeper and Ben Arthur scored a penalty. I believe. I think. Correct us if I'm wrong. I think I'm right though. I think. I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, oh, the the opening day is always a difficult one, but hopefully we can hit the ground running with the games that we we'll have. And hopefully get a bit of positivity going among the fan base and that, despite the behind-the-scenes uh, bullshit with it. But um, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping we're going to the season. We can we can have a good cup run again. Although I wouldn't want a, a, a replay against the likes of Rochdale in uh, an extra time heart attack against Oxford after a boring nil-nil draw in James's Park. I would actually like to see we um, have a good cup run where we're. Show what what we're capable of, and 
go forward and score a couple of goals and not have a defensively shit team this season because last season defensively like I know we had high standards under Rafa and obviously they had to lower them a bit but my god um, there was just some games last season defensively where we were awful and it's even worse at the top end of the field because you look at you look at how many goals we scored last season in the league, thirty eight goals in thirty eight games, and for a team like us where we're affiliated with good big name strikers and and all that stuff, it's uh, it was very disappointing. It was very frustrating at times. At times, so hopefully we can have a team that's capable of scoring goals and capable of of attacking teams and and putting teams on the back foot. Because as you know, we've had a had a defensive way of looking at things for a while now would that's not wrong. I mean, if you grind out a result it's as good as any win. A win's a win at the end of the day. You still got the same three points whether whether you play Barcelona of twenty ten or if you play like Tony Pulis's West Brom, you know it's still the same three points. Um so I take I take the three points regardless. Songs we'll get the three points, right? But you know, I'd like like to see we use the attack and talent that we've picked up in the summer and really harness the ability of uh, Alan St. Maximin, really give Miggy a, a freedom to to really come into his own this season because I think he's capable of it with the players around him. You know, especially Wilson because he's used to having a striker in front of him that that can that has good movement and and can get into the box and and is capable of finding some space in the in the tightest of areas. You know, um, Joseph Martinez was really good, good at that in the American leagues, and Miggy really thrived off that. So I'm hoping he can do the same with uh, with Callum Wilson. I'm hoping there's a there's a good little uh, four musketeers memes coming out for this season with them for because I really think they can put teams on the back foot. But um, in terms of predictions um, for the season preview, I'm not going to predict what's going to happen. I'm going to say what I'd like to see happen uh, this season obviously I think with what's going on in the background I would like to see progression made on that front uh, hopefully we can get a takeover going into the next season now uh, with everything behind the scenes going on and hopefully we can get some progress with that where PIF and Mike Ashley and the Rubens brothers and Amanda Stavely they all go to court against the Premier League they win the case and they get open uh, well they get open season to complete the takeover that's that's hopefully fingers crossed that's one bit but the other on the field where it where obviously it's important I would like to see Newcastle challenge for the top half this season because if Steve Bruce is a man of his word and we're not stagnating and we're not a um, we're not just a team that's happy to finish above Southampton, as he put it. I would like to see Newcastle try and challenge for the top 10. It would be nice. I think Bruce would be looked at in a different light if we were to finish in the top half and maybe even make a challenge towards what, that the third tier of European football that they're bringing out. I think I think that's 8th um, and ninth in the Premier League that would get that. So maybe challenge have a little bit of a challenge towards that if we can keep our players fit. But uh, that's something I would like to see we do and a good cup run. But realistically, I think we're looking at maybe 13 for 12 uh, this season. But you know, as long as we're as long as you see a bit of progression, you know, um, on the field we'll look like we're we're capable of beating teams comfortably, um, in and around we're hopefully, um, l- l- prove to me, Bruce. And prove to this fan base that we're not a club that's just stagnating. Prove to where you're not just happy with staying in the league and keeping your job under Mike Ashley. Do you know what I mean? 
push push the apple cart as Paul would say, really give it a go. Give it a go. You know, you're in this job once, it's your dream job and all this. Prove it. Play on the front foot. Really give it a go, Bruce. And prove that you you're worthy of being a manager because although you you steadied the ship last season, and that's fair enough, you've been given your players now, you've had a couple of windows to, to bring in your own and you've I, I think you've now got a team where you feel you can play your style of football. Well, that's a good or bad thing remains to be seen. But I want him to prove now that he's capable because he's got his own players. It's very rare Mike Ashley backs a manager, but he's backed Steve Bruce. So hopefully, you know, we can kick on now and, and challenge for that for that top 10 with a couple of wins here and there. Me personally, I'd love a double against Man United because my best mates are Man United fans. I'd love to just... Get, have one over them because Newcastle have never finished above Man U as long as I've been alive <laughs> and it's um, it's frustrating at the highest order but um, yeah I would like to see just just a couple of just a couple of little things like a couple of big wins here and there and of course uh, uh, the return to stadiums again would be lovely but it just depends with the way this coronavirus is going but let us know what your season predictions are let me know how, let me and Paul know how you think the season is going to go and are you looking forward to it or not um has the free signings changed your mind a little bit are you still very much of uh, not looking forward to the season very detached from the football club and that's fine you know a lot of people have been at the minute but um yeah do let me know do get in contact and uh, stay tuned for paul's west ham preview that is tomorrow um but uh, i i've been kyle on my own and it, it, it's it'll be a rare one this one unless unless it's well received and you're like just a solo podcast then i'll i'll stick with it um, and obviously Paul can do his from time to time as well. But obviously the main the main core of this podcast is we need to me and Paul do it together because I think it, it makes it better. Um, it makes a better product when me and Paul are, are bantering and shooting the breeze. But um, I've been Kyle, uh, your sole host for today's uh, podcast, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll catch you all in a bit. Bye.